All right, what's up, everyone? 500th episode today. 500th episode. We are live here on the Friday edition of the White House Brief. House committee votes on impeachment. Does anybody care? Does anybody care about this? Well, if the numbers are any indicator, then the answer to that question is no. Then the people of the UK have made it pretty patently clear, oh no, we actually meant it. We are actually very serious about leaving the EU. And the vote showed it. Then we've got the viral video about the guy who got beat up by a black dude on the bus. I don't know. Perhaps I was onto something when I wrote that black youth is out of control. I think that's right. And the longer we refuse to address it, the worse it's going to get. We can't turn a blind eye. We have to raise our kids. It is time to raise your kids well. Government cannot do it for you. You have a duty. You have a duty to your family. And then for our exclusive podcast material, which we do on Fridays, want to introduce you to some of our friends here at Blaze Media in D.C. They're going to join me to discuss Star Wars and whether this new series, The Mandalorian, is garbage or good. That's all coming up today on the White House Brief. this impeachment stuff. All right, everyone, CNN, MSNBC, oh, this is so momentous. This is so important. We have to pay attention to this. Is America caring about this? So the numbers show they're not because Fox News is still killing in the ratings. And is Fox News carrying these hearings? No, they're not. Fox News made a clean sweep of the top five programs in Wednesday's ratings, thanks in part to their decision to stay with regular programming during the House hearing. CNN took a gavel to gavel coverage of the proceeding while MSNBS, they went back and forth. And according to data from Nielsen, Hannity led the way with 4.15 million viewers overall and 682,000 in the advertiser coveted adults. 25 to 54 demographic. Tucker Carlson tonight trailed just behind, drawing 4.06 million total and 665,000 in the demo. And then the Ingram angle got uh, got 3.47 million total. Then they got 591 in the demo. Now, the demo, for those of you who are not familiar with TV jargon, demos that age range that you really want because they're the ones who are going to be influenced by advertisers. There's uh, The people who are older than the demo have already made up their minds. They've already said, okay, I know what products I want, but the demo is really important important to uh, advertisers because those are the people who can still be influenced by ads. So 591,000 in the demo, then the five got 3.44 million, 526 in the demo, uh, 526,000 in the demo. And then special report with Brett Baer got 2.96 million, 481,000 rounded out the top five. So it's clear from the numbers. Okay. Just to put this into perspective. All right. This should be many, many more millions of people watching this. I mean, impeaching the president is one of the most momentous, important things that you can do. Impeaching the president is a really big effing deal, as Joe Biden would say. So to get these numbers, which are actually relatively small, shows you that the American people are over this. You know, I've I've grappled with this on my program. I'm like, what do I say about this impeachment stuff? There, there really is nothing to add. They, they have no case. In fact, I want to go out into the streets and start asking people, do you know what the president's being impeached on? I guarantee you a lot of people have no clue. And I've actually talked to people, I've talked to Democrats who say, uh, I don't really know. I don't like the guy, they say, but I don't really know why he's being impeached. And so this whole thing is a farce. I, I really don't think anyone actually cares about this. And so we've relatively been avoiding it on my program because I don't think it's something that the American people care about. I think they know he's not going to be removed from office. The, the Senate, they're not going to get the votes. They're not going to actually be able to charge him. 
So what exactly are they accomplishing with this impeachment nonsense, which they are filling our screens with hour after hour after hour, day after day after day with this nonsense? I think the American people are quite literally fed up with this. I think they're just a little bit upset with the fact that they are that the Democrats are literally trying to eject a duly elected president from office using extra democratic means. You know, Democrats, oh, we're the party of democracy. Really? Then why don't you actually use a democratic system? And they know they can't win. Several Democrats have admitted they can't win. They've said on camera, this is about getting Donald Trump out of office before we actually have to have the election because we don't have people who could win the election. And then you've got all these radical socialists, all these crazy nut jobs running for the seat. None of them have any chance. None of them have a shot at winning this thing. And they know this. And that's why they're implementing this impeachment strategy. And they've literally admitted it. They've admitted that this is exactly what they're doing. And so I think at a certain point, the American people, they just tune out. They don't really care. And they don't think it's that important. I mean, I, it, it's one of those things where you were like, am I in the twilight zone? Why are so many people, they're sitting around, they've made all these promises to the American people, they've said they're going to do all this stuff, and instead they're just sitting around a chamber, you know, speechifying and deliberating, and the people have tuned out. The people do not care. Catherine Thomas says peeps hate it because they have no control over him and he's his own man. And Nancy Pelosi is nasty. I think we can all agree on that. I think we can all agree on the fact that Nancy Pelosi, someone who said who originally said, oh, we can't impeach the guy. That would be ridiculous. We don't have anything to impeach him on. Then they found this Ukraine stuff, this quid pro quo, this quid pro quo stuff. And yet you have all these people who in their testimony said, well, there actually was no quid pro quo. And the president actually said over and over again, I want no quid pro quo. You have all these people testifying that, and yet they're still trying to impeach him on it. And Nancy Pelosi is going out there. She's saying, well, you know, there are, uh, it's uh, undebatable, undebatable. These charges are serious. And yet no one can say exactly what these charges are. So I think the American people, yeah, I think the American people are fed up about this. Paul Batula says we need a senator. I, I promise you, I get like John Smith never leaves a comment for me. I always have these people with these names that I can't pronounce. So I, I apologize if I'm butchering your, butchering your name. But Paul Batula says we need a senator to make a motion for dismissal with prejudice. We don't need, I mean, we don't need anything. These people need to get out and do their job. I, I mean, these people need to, to uh, you know, they've made all these promises and unfortunately the Republicans are getting um, sucked into it and they have to prove themselves and they have to do their 15 minutes of fame on YouTube. But I mean, the issues don't matter. I've never seen anything like this in my career where you had two shootings this week. You had one on Monday, you had one on Tuesday. On Monday, it was a Saudi immigrant on Tuesday, it was, a, it was a felon, all right? It was a felon who was released from prison. So these are, these are things that Donald Trump promised to actually solve. Those are the big issues. Two shootings, one week, you don't hear anything about this because these fools are in Congress speechifying about getting the president out of office. The issues do not matter anymore. Immigration, prison reform, and, and not letting felons out into the streets. Those are things that are really important. Those are things that actually affect people's lives. And those aren't being discussed because of this nonsense. So I'm done discussing it. That's all we're going to do on that topic because, for, for, I mean, quite frankly, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's absurd. 
and the American people think it's absurd, and the numbers show they're not actually that interested. Again, like I said, the numbers should be through the roof on something this big. I mean, this is as big as a declaration of war. Impeaching the president, I mean, that's huge, and the American people are not paying attention to it. So we'll move on now to the UK. All over in the UK with Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson, who dishevels his hair to look sloppy even though he's not. But they resoundingly voted against not leaving the UK. All right, they needed 326 uh, votes for the majority. Instead, they got 365. How much clearer do the people of the UK need to make it that they do not want to be a part of the EU? It's not rocket science. They want to go. They voted on it in 2016. They said, no, we're going to leave. 51.9% said we want to leave. 48.1% said we want to remain in Britain. And since then, that was back in 2016, those numbers have only increased. The number of people who want to, to leave the EU has only gone up. And yet the leaders of the UK are insisting, well, let's not be rash. Let's not be rash about this. Uh, that's not being accountable to your people. The people have made it very clear where, where they stand. The people have made it very clear what they want to do. Okay? David Cameron, in 2016, he announced his resignation. Then Theresa May came up, and she floundered, and she didn't do exactly what the people wanted her to do. And then she had to resign. Theresa May had to resign because she failed in her duties to adhere to the will of the UK people. And then December 2016, UK House of Commons voted to trigger an article, uh, Article 50. Now, what Article 50 is, is that it begins the process. So they voted on that. And this was back in 2016. They voted to begin the leave process. 2016. It's almost 2020. They were supposed to leave by December 31st. They failed to do that. How hard can it be? Why are they so dependent on the EU? And it's because you have these globalist elitists who refuse to actually listen to the people that they're supposed to represent. And even Boris Johnson, who was supposed to be the good guy, who was supposed to be the one to get the job done, hasn't been able to do it because of all these globalist elitists who are around him saying, oh, we're not actually going to we're not actually going to do it. Article 50 invoked. And it, it's a two year process. It should. Why can't it be done yesterday? It's a two year process begins in June. A general election is held and conservatives. They lost. This is 2017. The largest party. Um, th so the conservatives, they remained the largest party and then they lost the majority, however. So they were the largest party, but they were not in the UK terminology, the largest largest party. 2018, November, a withdrawal agreement is published. All right. So 2018, the withdrawal agreement is published. So they've been working on this for years. 2019, in January, withdrawal agreement is rejected by the UK government. So the government of the UK rejected it, even though the people have been screaming, we want to leave. We want to leave. We want to get out of here. And the gut. And the government uh, said, no, the government said, no, we're not going to do it. It was rejected. And then in March, a withdrawal agreement was rejected again. Then in May of 2019, Theresa May announced her resignation. In July, Boris took over as the prime minister. And then in December, Boris got his big win. So they're counting on this guy. They're counting on Boris to actually be the one to get them out of this globalist nightmare known as the EU. OK, they've been trying to do it. It's 2016 and all the globalist elitists said hey, it's never going to happen. They're never going to vote for it. 
The EU is a force for good. Really? The EU is a force for good? The, no. The people of Britain want their national autom autonomy. The people of Britain don't want some foreign force, some globalist organization telling them what to do. It's that simple. It's that simple. And the leaders have refused to listen to the will of the people. And it's kind of what you're seeing here in the United States, where it's so clear where the American electorate stands. It's so clear what the American people believe in. It's so clear the issues that they care about. All right. Immigration is consistently among the top five issues for Americans. And yet we're told that, you know, when we watch TV, when you watch CNN, they're saying, oh, no, you know, immigration. Oh, we need to have illegals. We need them to be cared for and catered to. And we need to put their priorities above those of the American people. And the American people are watching and saying, what? This is not what I believe in. The issues that are constantly parroted on television are not the actual issues that the American people care about. There is a huge disconnect between the things that we actually value, the things that we think are important, our children, our lives, and the things that we're told on cable news matter. There's a huge disconnect and the numbers show it. There's a reason why Fox News is far more watched than, than CNN. There's a reason why MSNBC is not the most watched news network in America. And it's because they do not actually cover topics the American people wanna hear about. Very simple, very simple. Martin Alonzo says some non-elected people running your country. That's what's happening in the UK. These people were not elected by the people of Britain. They were not elected by the people of UK. And yet they're telling people what to do. It's the same thing with NATO. Trump was right when he was talking about leaving NATO. I mean, what do these global organizations have to do with us, the American people? Miguel Sanchez Morales says the same is almost happening here. No, I think the same is happening here. The elected leaders are not listening to the people. The people of the United States voted for Donald J. Trump to be the president. And these leaders are trying to eject him from office because they don't they don't like him. They can't get over the fact that their dear leader, Hillary Clinton, lost in 2016. And they are trying to use means that were never intended by the founders to be used to eject a duly elected president. Frausch says leftists just believe their own propaganda. Maxwell Max says President Trump just got his vision checked. He has 2020. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has 2020 in the bag right now. I mean, I don't know. Michelle Obama, Muchel, my bell Obama. She could bring her skinny little arms and her fit little butt in and say, oh, I'm running for president. Uh, and maybe that would change the game. Maybe Oprah would show up and say, I'm running for president. And that would change some dynamics. But as far as the current lineup goes, without a cookie, Kamala, without her, they're done for. Joe Biden. How is that guy the front runner? Joe Biden literally does, doesn't know where he is. Joe Biden sitting there like, where am I? Is this a room? Where am I? Joe Biden. I mean, if the country's led by Joe Biden, we're in trouble. The guy who doesn't know what state he's in. We're really I mean, they're really running thin. Cory Booker, who's like a woman. Cory Booker acts like a woman. I, I have, he's a soft dude. Cory Booker, who there are rumors that, uh, that um, he sexually assaulted a man in a bathroom, wouldn't surprise me, can't confirm, but, uh, you know, that's just what the rumors are about this guy, Cory Booker. Cory Booker, okay? I mean, that guy, well, that guy's going to be the leader of the free world. Elizabeth Warren, who was an avowed socialist, 
Elizabeth Warren, none of these people are going to be the president. The American electorate is not <laughs> going to vote for Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, I, mean, I feel like this is her thing, right? I feel like everywhere she goes, this is just what she does. Like, she doesn't really make any sense. And then Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, and his stupid ideas. He's, I mean, these people are literally socialists. These people want to reimagine the American economy to reflect Venezuela. These people want to reimagine the American economy to replicate places where it's been a massive failure, where literally millions of people have died. Socialism has, has killed millions of people. Socialism has been more murderous than Nazism. Okay? William Lavagna, I tell you, okay, I, it must be me. Is your, is your last, William, is your last name Lavagna or Lavagna? How do I pronounce your last name? But anyway, William Lavagna says, I don't know why Rosario Dawson uh, is, uh, is messing with him. I don't know either. I don't know. I don't, she's not that. I mean, she, whatever. She's, she's whatever. Janice Barron says, be careful, John. YouTube new rules will shut down your channel. I mean, did you hear that? YouTube now has these rules where you can't criticize anyone based on their gender, with, uh, their gender uh, projection, you know, whatever they believe. So you can't criticize anyone if they are pretending. To, I shouldn't say it because I'm on YouTube. Shouldn't say it, but uh, thank you, Bacon Grease. Bacon Grease gave a donation. Uh, Bacon Grease, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's not your real name. But anyway, yeah, YouTube has these new, these new rules. You basically can't criticize anyone on anything. And then they say, oh, well, we value free speech. You do? Because if you value free speech, I got to tell you, saying you can't criticize people based on this and can't criticize people based on that, that's not free speech, okay? YouTube is not supporting free speech. And, you know, we talked about this on the show uh, earlier this week. You have these people who are talking about uh, pornography. Pornography is free speech. People have the right to have sex on camera and show it to other people. They're just expressing themselves. And then those are the same people who are saying, well, no, these private companies, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, they have the right to shut down your actual free speech. They have the right because they're just a private company. They can shut down anything you say. Oh, really? Is that, is that the case? Is that right, YouTube? People can have sex. Twitter allows pornography on their platform, but how dare you say anything about the uh, beloved transgender community? I mean, it's just, the whole thing is a sham. The whole thing is, is a lie from start to finish. I mean, YouTube saying that they actually value free speech and they are actively working to shut down your free speech. They, are, they actively have 10,000 people whom they employ to sit there and watch your content to make sure you're not, viol you're not saying anything offensive. Kent Torek says, Warren is a nerdy chick. Yeah, Warren's a nerd. Warren's a nerd. And the thing about Warren, here's the dirty secret about Warren. She's identified all of the problems. However, her solutions to the problems are garbage. Her solution to the problem is a big, enormous government who is going to fix everything, who's going to retrofit your building, who is going to uh, tell you what you can do, how you can get to work. And do you think that this is how socialism always works? Do you think that these people are actually going to follow their own rules? Are these people actually going to take bikes to work? No, they're going to take their Escalade. AOC is not going to take a bike to work. AOC has a fleet of cars that she uses to get to and from places. But no, you, you, the average citizen, you have to actually use a bike. You have to take a scooter to work. If your commute to work is 16 miles, well, have fun scooting your way. And it can't be a gas scooter. You have to use the one that you use your feet on. But AOC is not going to abide by those rules. 
So, it, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right. Next topic, we've got this video, this video that everybody's talking about, this video of someone, and it's become commonplace where someone with a MAGA hat just gets attacked simply because they're a Trump supporter or because they're wearing a hat that somebody doesn't like. And this is what happened uh, in the latest incident of this hatred towards Trump supporters. that animal who raised her I, I, that's not a problem that is that, i mean that uh, that's a problem that's unique to um to to the black community sorry i just i mean you just have to say it that is a problem that comes from not raising your kids correctly and i sent a tweet out for some reason this tweet resurfaced and it was causing a lot of problems i said black kids are out of control parents raise your kids the government can't do but so much. All the government can do is punish them. So if you know, you're a black youth and you're attacking somebody, the government can't teach you how to properly behave. The only thing the government can do is throw your ass behind bars. So if you don't want your kids going behind bars, you know, oh, this, so many black people are being imprisoned and it's disproportionate. Well, when they behave like that, that's really problematic. When they behave like that, you, the government can only take punitive action. So, uh, you know, I think that this is a problem. Of course, it's not only black people who are who are attacking Trump supporters, but this is something that is unacceptable. It should not be acceptable to literally beat someone black and blue because of their political beliefs. Have we gone nuts? Have we lost our minds? So here's the backstory. This is according to Twitter user American Diaries, who claims to be the guy's mom. And sorry, I said earlier that it was a guy beating up the dude. No, obviously it's a girl. Um, but here's the backstory. The incident took place in Hamilton County, Florida. Boy buys a Trump 2020 hat, bought it with his own money. All right. He's proud to support the president, buys the hat with his own money. And then he wore it to school and was bullied so that he put uh, the hat away. But it was too late because now he was a target. So it looked like and from the doctor's examinations, it looked like he was beaten previously for his support of the president. And then from then on, the boy was bullied by other kids. Then the day of the incident that we just showed you, bullying incidents increased and the kids dumped milk on the guy's head. And on the bus ride, the mom says multiple black kids jumped him. For supporting the president. I got to tell you, in America, the way you react to somebody with whom you disagree politically is not to jump the kid. OK. That's just not the way we solve our problems. So the kid had to go to the hospital. Kid had to go to the hospital. The nurse noted he had some bruises on his arm that were older. That what could have occurred from the bus incident. But it looked like the bruises were earlier. So, I mean, this is, <laughs> I got to tell you, this is something that if we don't fix in America, if we don't have families saying to their kids, you can't, like, this is not how you behave. If we don't have fathers in homes who actually raise their children properly, uh, it's bad news for America because you have people in government who literally want to transform our society into a socialist society. You have people um, who think it's okay to beat someone on the bus because they disagree with them politically. Where do you think that road leads to? It's not pretty. I mean, this is not how democracy works. Democracy does not work by impeaching the president because you don't like him. Democracy does not work by beating people up physically because you disagree with their politics. This is such a problem that if we don't address, I think we're going to lose the country. 
I mean, that's why 2020 is so important because we, it's, it's two choices America has. America has the choice between electing people who are okay with this, who are okay with beating people up physically. What, what Democrat have you heard speak out about this? None. None. I mean, that's problematic. And so there's two choices. The Democrats who think this is okay, the Democrats who want to put us in socialism, or Donald Trump. It's mob mentality. It's mob mentality, and it is, it's really dangerous. Carl Brundage says, sad to say, but if you wear a MAGA hat, you better be ready to defend yourself because this country is under attack. No, if you wear a MAGA hat, you risk getting physically assaulted. The people who wear MAGA hats in public are some of the bravest people because there literally have been people, I think it was at a Sam's Club, who got a gun pulled out on them because of their MAGA hat. And yet the right is scary. And yet the right are the extremists. The right, the people who wear a red hat, red hat the people who love their country, the people who like capitalism, the people who believe in, de- in, in democratic systems. Those are the extremists. No, not the people who are trying to impeach the president for nothing because they didn't, the 2016 election didn't go the way they wanted. No, not those people. Those aren't the extremists. The extremists are the people who, uh, who, who just simply love America. The people who are the extremists are the people who are patriotic. It's now extreme to like America. It's now extreme to want to enforce the borders. Those are the extremists. Cassandra Lewis says, time to sue the school board, the parents, and expel the kids. If that kid is not, do we know if that kid was expelled yet? So there, oh, there's an investigation going on. There's an investigation going on. Uh, it's pretty a patent to me what's happening in that clip. You know, when you've got black girl going boom, 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 boom. Uh, re- do you have to investigate that? Oh, we're not really sure what's going on. Uh, it's pretty clear from the video exactly what's going on. I, I mean, what kind of investigation do you need? Expel her. She, uh, she needs to go and she needs to learn a lesson. And quite frankly, I'd put her behind bars. Right. It, it does, I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter why she's hitting him. Is that going to change the course of the investigation? Oh, she was actually beating him to a bloody pulp because uh, because she didn't like his pants. Uh, Really? Shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter. And it means you actually have to raise your kids. So I I think that is a I, I think that's ridiculous. I think that the point that she's literally sitting there and no one is speaking out. No one on the left is speaking out about it. Kevin Duggan says, Google term rogue elephant syndrome. I don't really know what that means. Froach, okay, again with the names. This person's name is, is F-R-O-F-R-A-O-C-H space C-O-I-L-L-E-O-G. Anyone have a guess on how to pronounce that? What, what's our guess? F-R-A-O-C-H-C-O-I-L-L-E-O-G. Froch Koliog? Froch Koliog, I love you. I love you, but your name is very hard to pronounce. Victor Wingo says, where's Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton? Yeah, where are the civil rights activists? Where are the people? You know that if this was a white person beating a black person to a bloody pulp, oh, CNN would would suspend their coverage of the stupid impeachment hearings to cover it. If that were the case, CNN, it would be wall to wall. White nationalism is on the rise. Uh, Trump supporters are violent hate mongers. Trump supporters are violent individuals. But no, when it's a black person, it's only like the only place I've seen this clip are in like right wing circles. It's nowhere in the mainstream media.
Then there was that case, remember there was a story about the bus driver who ripped the MAGA hat off the kid? Then there's countless stories about these teachers who are forcing their students to remove MAGA hats, who are taking the, the hats off the kids themselves. Being a Trump supporter and actively showing your support for the president has got to be one of the bravest things because it literally means you could be putting your physical health and maybe even your life, they're pulling guns on them, at risk. So I thank the people who do it, and we need more of these people. We need more of the people to show, you know what? The idea that I love America, the idea that I support this president, this idea that I'm not an extremist is valuable. And I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna risk everything to make that point. That's what America was founded on. That's what, America, that, that's what the American spirit has always been. And so the people who wear that hat, despite the dangers that they know they're going to face, I think are some of the bravest people in our country. All right, wanna thank you to the, the Super Chatters for listening. Thank you for your comments. I make fun of your names, I do it with love. I love you guys, I think that you guys are so important obviously, to the fact that we even can do this program. And despite what YouTube tries to do, despite what Facebook tries to do, you guys make what we do possible. So it's a sincere thank you to you guys and the Super Chatters. Now, the time is up where we wrap up the live show. So make sure you hit the bell to get notifications every time we post a new video. And don't forget to subscribe to the White House Brief podcast. The podcast can't be tampered with by YouTube. The podcast can't be taken down by Facebook. The podcast can't be flagged for borderline content. So the Friday episode, we, we do this because it features a bonus segment that's only available on the podcast and blazetv.com. So it's free. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm bringing on two of my colleagues to the podcast. We're going to talk about The Mandalorian. Garbage or great? So we're not going to give any spoilers for today's episode because on Friday they release a new episode. But everything leading up to it, it will go live at 4.30 Eastern. It's free. You just get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you check it out wherever you get your podcast. And then make sure to check out our merch check, uh, section at the Blaze. Uh, I always get it wrong. Shop.blazemedia.com slash Miller. Shop.blazemedia.com slash Miller. You can get cool merch like this hat and we've got sweatshirts and we've got mugs. So make sure to go to check it out. And then after you that do that, make sure to get our podcast so you can hear this exclusive segment that we'll do coming up now. All right. This segment's going to be called Boys Club because YouTube doesn't let you criticize anyone based on their gender, apparently. But we're not on YouTube right now. So we can criticize women all we want. And so we have no women on this segment because, to be quite frank, we don't need a bunch of yap, 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 yap. And we're going to be talking about Star Wars. And what do women know about Star Wars? That's the first question I offer to our friends here. Who I'm with Phil Wolf and Destry Edwards, who are Star Wars nerds, and they also push buttons that make the show actually happen. So I'm happy to have them on. Phil, what uh, do you think of The Mandalorian? What are your thoughts on it? Because we've got two episodes left, and nothing, nothing, nothing's happened. It would, it would, it would seem that way. I think, and if we're going to criticize uh, any women here, I think maybe. By the way, all jokes. All jokes. Uh, I think um, Kathleen Kennedy probably deserves some criticism. Which one is she? She's she's now the new Lucas. You know, she's running Disney and or Lucasfilm basically. Right. And is, is that uh, why this is so bad? Well, I, I can't. We can't put it entirely on her. But you know, as as far as the Mandalorian is concerned, um, I, there are some questions. I think it, to be fair, right now, I know Destry has an interesting take. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth. I think the show started. Pretty slow, which is fine. I mean, right. when a show gets off the ground, it takes a little time to get going. You can't going. be that slow when the episodes are only 30 minutes, though. This is true, and that's a good point. But I think, you know, it, it hit a peak around episode three, 
everyone thought like, oh, here we are, this is really exciting. And then since then, it's sort of taken a dive again. And it's it, this, this formula of every episode is kind of its own thing. I think leaves a lot of viewers wanting more and wondering like what where is the show right. going because we're six episodes in right Destry that's right six episodes in and we don't really know anything about anyone so here's the thing we've all talked about before outside of like not in front of the camera about how the show nothing's really happening it's all really disconnected and that's true but that's that's what the show is supposed to be it's a different kind of show the dramas that we see most of the time today are incredibly serialized um, like one of my favorite shows, Daredevil, highly serialized show. This is going back to a different time. Um, this is going back to like the westerns of the 50s, where they were shorter episodes. They were kind of anthologies, like shows like Lone Ranger, The Rebel, or Wanted Dead or Alive. Not like Bonanza. Bonanza is <laughs> a different thing. But don't you think we should know about like who is this little who is this little baby? Who is this little kid? And who is the Mandalorian, which the show is about? We don't know his name. Pedro Pascal. We don't know what he looks like. <laughs> He looks like the guy from Game of Thrones. Well, um, again, drawing from the westerns, going to like the spaghetti westerns, you know, Clint Eastwood style, uh, he's not only the man with no name, he's the man with no face. Right. But even like Clint Eastwood films, you have character development, you know? That's my big problem. There's no character development. There's no like intimacy with, you know, who these people are. It just looks nice. No, I, it looks great. And I, I had this argument with a friend of mine who said, it looks cheesy. And I thought, like, what, well, what are shows blind? are you watching? I mean, they spend about $15 million an episode, I think. Right. When you consider that uh, Game of Thrones was spending about $10 million probably towards the end of their show. And those were hour-long epic episodes, you know? So, like, they're, they're certainly uh, not... not uh, you know, uh, saving any any money. But um, I, I think Destry brings up a good point. I mean, it is kind of a throwback to those old Westerns. And if you think about it, it, it does, it does sort of follow the like the bounty hunter lifestyle, right? Like every day is a new job, every day is a new mission, and that's what we've seen in uh, over now half the episodes where we've, you know, since finding Baby Yoda, it's just been like, well, now I have my little sidekick, and I'm going to go kill this group of people. Right. I'm going to go save this village. They did confuse us at first because the first three episodes were the serialized style and kind of slow, but then after that, they switched to the older format. Right, right. Well, I think what makes it tricky though too is that you have a universe that's so rich, like Star Wars. People expect to there to be a connection with history, like what we know of Star Wars lore, right? And we just haven't had haven't any seen of any that. of that. Haven't seen any of that. Right. So the next Star Wars movie's coming out um, in a week, right? Next Friday. Next Friday. What are your expectations, Dashtree? I am I'm optimistic. I think J.J. Abrams knows he has to stick the landing for this. Um, Did you like the first uh, or the, uh, the last two ones? Well enough, yes. Well enough. My, so this is an <laughs> argument I have with people. My favorite Star Wars episode is... Um, Attack of the Clones. I Don't think it's clearly the best one. That's objectively right, wrong. It's, it's, that's the best one. But they go to the planet with the water, and you've got the clones, and uh, you got that epic fight with Yoda and the and the lightsaber. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is the most controversial. Sounds thing like you've, you've ever seen the movie once. <laughs> no, I, I saw it eight times in theaters. Opening day. <laughs> I saw it opening night at midnight, and then I saw it over and over again, and each time I fell in love with it more. That's, that's uh, you and George Lucas might be the only ones who share that opinion. I don't know um, anyone who thinks episode two is the best, but you know, hey, to each his own. Which is your favorite? Of all of them? Yeah. I gotta go Empire Strikes Back. I mean, I think that's. Is that five or six? I can that's never five, right. yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's the general yeah, consensus among Star Wars fans is that Empire Strikes Back is the best of, of all the films. Um, I, I, I just. Is that, do you agree, Destry? 
I don't actually have a favorite. I like be parts two. of all. Destry of hasn't them. seen movies before nineteen ninety five. That is definitely. <laughs> but you know, I just feel like um, you know, I like the CGI. I think it adds. Um, George Lucas got a little carried away. I had an HD TV and I watched episode three on it, and I was like, "Oh, this whole film is a cartoon. The whole thing is animated." <laughs> so um, he got a little carried away, but I think episode two is objectively. Probably, probably the most interesting. Okay. Where, most where interesting. do you stand? Where do you think the new movies fall in terms of? I think they're great. I love the new movies. Yeah. Um, I don't like Luke Skywalker, so um, he's dead. That's right? right. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, so I'm glad. Well, hopefully um, the audience has seen. And I'm hoping that what's his name, Kylo Ren, actually turns out to be the good guy. A lot of people actually think that might happen. Yeah. Ray is going to be the, the evil villain, and that uh, yeah, Kylo will somehow. Emerge you know, as the emerge hero. Emerge the favorite and the hero, yeah. Do you think they got lazy? Like, why does every single planet in Star Wars look like Tatooine? It's like, let's just do desert planets. I think there's <laughs> so it. much. So this is the Mandalorian again. Because yeah. Yeah, every Well, no, has, Jakku. Remember Jakku? That's true, is like, Jakku that, is this like just Tatooine? Tatooine? Yeah. There, there's so much criticism from the prequels of all these fancy planets and everyone who had, like, loved the old films, which I do too, but, like, look back at those and say, we like these really barren planets and so for the new stuff, they've been really focusing on that. And so for Mandalorian, every planet, every planet looks is like Tatooine. a desert. So by the time can, you actually can you get do to Tatooine, ocean? But that's, that's, that's in this movie. They bring the ocean <laughs> yeah, in the Can we get a, a snow or something? All right, we well, had, I'm we looking forward. We I haven't seen the latest episode, which you guys have, Well, we, right? we brought a clip of, of episode six. Let's let people have a chance to actually watch it. I think, and then well, this, this won't spoil anything. I'd like to reenact a scene from episode six okay, of go. Mandalorian if we can. Can we get a shot of this right here? This, these little two? These two little figures on the table. Um, Doesn't look like we have a shot Disney, of this, does it? We've got women in the control room. I Disney, mean, what do you expect? Uh, we don't have the rights to actually show Disney Plus footage so, uh, or, or play any of their music, so I brought some props along so if you guys can see this. Uh, so you're going to enact this? You're this, going to perform? This is, this is a reenactment of a scene from episode six of, of The Mandalorian. And uh, I, will, I will be playing uh, both characters and also doing the music. Okay. Here we go. Go. I told you this was a bad idea. <laughs> and scene. That's basically what the show has been. That's yeah. That's that was what the show has been. That was episode six. Destry's probably the biggest defender here, but I mean, is that not the most accurate representation uh, of what no, happens every I don't episode? Think that's exactly what happens. Again, it's an anthology series. Adventure by adventure. So, do you have any thoughts on this that I haven't covered on this? Uh, on this we haven't talked show. to Baby Yoda. Yeah, what is Baby Yoda? Is that a clone? We don't know. But don't you is, think that they should explore that a little bit they more? They should. They should, and they, they haven't even really hinted at it. People just assume that it's a clone or right. Yoda's baby, and I think... Who's Yoda getting busy with? Yaddle? There's another... Isn't there another Yoda-like Jedi in, in, in the, the pre-trilogy? She's got like a big long braid or something. And she's, she's like pink, Yoda, right? Because you know, no, she's not pink. She's green. I thought she was pink. We'll call her beige. No, she's green. She's green. Are you sure? I'm positive. There's a beige. She's one Yoda with a, with a braid, with, and she's got red hair. Oh, I must have missed that one. Well, I think it's interesting that so many people have talked with. They know of Baby Yoda. They've seen the memes. They don't actually watch the show. Right. So people need to know Baby Yoda is not Yoda. This is five years after Yoda's dead, and the baby is also 50 years old because apparently this species they just age aged slower, right? So this, that was this covered baby, in the first episode. This baby was born around the same time that Anakin was. Interesting. 
Yeah, but so very I'd still like an explanation. Baby. I want I want there to be something, and there's still characters that they're introducing too. I mean, Baby Yoda's just one, who's you know not much of a spoiler, but he's not really featured in episode this right. latest episode, and, and they still have more episodes and characters to introduce. I think there's we have Giancarlo Esposito, who's uh, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad, who's supposed to be this major character, is not going to come in until the last two episodes. So they're, that makes they're no sense. And the episodes are thirty questions. minutes, so like you can't just you know there's not time. Is Baby Yoda going to bring balance to the Force? Like, what are these? Like, what is his purpose? Well, if he does, or are they then just it, trying to take our money? Fall out of balance. That's my. That's what I'm worried about. Is that they're just trying to, you know, and that's why they're releasing it this way because they know if you binge watch it, you're going to, you know, not watch it. Um, well, but it's, when it's not serialized, it doesn't make really sense to have a binge watch format. I, that I would agree with. I, I think they 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 wouldn't have done themselves any favors by by releasing them all at once because then it, it would have just seemed so disjointed. I think at this point, you know, right. after waiting a week, you're like, okay, I, I can sort of hit the reset button a little bit. But watching them back to back to back to back, it just, would just make no sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, my biggest concern is that they just decided, oh well, we're not going to let uh, we're we're just you know not going to actually use our brains to make good stories, and we're just going to p- take your money. Which is surprising because it's John Favreau and he's. Pretty good at what he does. Yeah. I think he's got a good a good mind for filmmaking, and he likes good stories. Um, and maybe Mandalorian is setting out to do exactly what Mandalorian set out to do, which is just make sort of a serial western show and have this guy kick everyone's butt and right. look cool. Well, we've got two episodes left. We've got the eternal optimist here, Destry, who has faith in this uh, in this series. And uh, I just wonder. My last question is: votes on whether we're going to see his face before the series ends. I think we've got to. If we don't, will you renounce the series? No. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to defend the series no matter what, but right now I think, I'm, with the understanding that's changed for me of what the show is, right. I, I appreciate it. All right, guys. I think we have to. Destry Edwards and Phil Wolf, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for being nerds because uh, clearly I am not, obviously. <laughs> and thank you for your reenactment of the uh, series, which I think. You know, if you haven't watched it, that's uh, basically what it is. All right, guys, thank you for watching The White House Brief. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Remember, please leave a comment if you haven't already. That helps it rise in the charts. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys soon. Hey, guys, thank you for listening to The White House Brief podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it. And if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.